open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Proverbs. And we are going to go to chapter 9 this morning. Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, when you got it, say so, and we're going to read verse 1 through 6, and then we will jump down to verse 13 through 18. Verse 1 begins like this, it says, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars, she has slaughtered her meat, she has mixed her wine, she has also furnished her table, she has, set out her, she has sent out her maidens, she cries out from the high places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Verse 13 says, A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. Father, we do thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for the truth that it is. We thank you because your truth sets us free. And God, we pray today that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to grasp what your word is communicating, Lord God, and not only to hear it and understand it, but, Lord God, to apply it and live it out in our lives. God, I pray that even in this series, dear Lord, as you cry out to us from the place of wisdom, Lord, that we would respond to you in humility and in faith and that we would hear you, God, and obey you because you love us. And you want the best for us. Help us to grasp that, even when we don't understand it. We pray this in Jesus' good name. Someone said? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so last week we began our series in the book of Proverbs. Um, Wisdom Cries Out is the theme title of this series. And today I'm going to speak a message that is entitled, Be My Guest. Be my guest. If you looked at, if you listened to what we were reading together here, there were two things, there, there were two different pictures that were given. The first picture is of what? The first picture is of wisdom, right? Wisdom's house is built, seven pillars, she's killed this, she's done, she's done all of these amazing things, and she's inviting people in to a feast. Amen? Don't worry about the lights. Y'all like, Bishop, y'all right there? Like, I'm blazing. It's, it's because the recording needs to come through. So it's for them, and I'll be blind, and it's okay, y'all, for the glory of Jesus. I'm just joking. I told them to do all that. They're good. I know people are like, what's up with that? It's real bright. He's like really more shiny than normal. Hallelujah. It's all right. Hallelujah. But wisdom has built a house, and wisdom is there and is crying out. And last week we established something. I said this clearly. I said we wisdom and folly always are always crying out at the same time in the same areas of our life. Wherever we find ourselves, no matter where we're at, there is always going to be wisdom crying out and there's going to be folly crying out somewhere else. And here's what I want you to notice from the passages that we read. The louder voice is folly. 
Look what it says here in verse 13. Just look at it. We're going to break this down in a moment. But verse 13 says this. A foolish woman is, cla a foolish woman is clamorous. That means she's loud. Some of y'all from the ghetto, you know what I'm talking about. See, y'all don't want to laugh because you want to act all sanctified. Like you ain't ever heard nobody just clamorous, you know, just like. And what he's saying, and, and it's only foolish people are loud, right? I mean, really, like that get loud in public settings and that kind of crazy. You know, most people that, you know, are kind of dignified, right? They want to be like, yo, don't yell, chill out. You know, kids start yelling. They don't feel comfortable. They feel a little embarrassed, right? That type of stuff. There's other people, they don't feel no embarrassment. You're like, what is wrong with this person? They're foolish. That's what the problem is. And so they are clamorous, and so they're communicating. And we're not talking about someone that has a justifiable reason, right? We're not talking about someone like in here today as we're worshiping and giving God glory. I'm not talking about that. You're not foolish for yelling for Jesus, amen? I'm not talking about when someone loses someone that they love and they're just loud and they don't care about anybody else. That is not being foolish. That is being hurt, and that is expressing your feelings. That is not what we're talking about here. What we're saying is that wisdom and folly are both crying out, but the voice that is the loudest most of the time is which one? It is folly. That is the voice that we hear that is trying to overshadow, that is trying to overtake the voice. But here's the question that we have to ask ourselves, and it is, who has your ear? Or who is it or which voice has your attention? Or which one do you pay adherence to? Which one do you listen to? Do you listen to the loud voice that is crying out as, fo as folly and foolishness? Or are you listening to sometimes that still small voice of wisdom that says, you know better? I know it feels good, but you know better. I know everyone else said it's okay, but you know better. Which voice are you paying attention to? That's what this whole series is about. It's about wisdom crying out, trying to get the attention of all people, not just the ones that are Christian, but the ones who are not Christian. And when I, when I say that, it's not just the ones who have put faith in Jesus. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's not about a religion per se. Christianity is a religion, but what, but, but what makes me a Christian is not that I'm good. It's not that I walk by wisdom all the time. It's not that I'm perfect. It is that Jesus is perfect. He died in my place, and so now I'm able to put my faith in him in his work as we were as we were singing that song overcome what was I praying I was praying thank you God because you have overcome we don't have to does that mean that I stay beat up and beat down and I never overcome no what that means is no matter what I'm going through no matter what I'm facing guess what I know that I have overcome because he overcame and so as, as a person who's put their faith in Jesus, yes, wisdom is always crying out. But to those of you that are in here that have not put your faith in Jesus, for those of you who are in here who have not, who have not repented of your sin and turned away from your sin and turned to Jesus, wisdom cries out to you every day just as much. Why? That's why Jesus died. To bring us into the house of wisdom so we could be the guest of who? Almighty God. But you have the voice of wisdom and you have the voice of folly crying out, both saying, be my guest. They're both inviting us in, calling us in for some things. And here's what I want you to get is that one of the greatest battles that we will have to do is to decide which voice we will heed. But I want you to keep these two things in mind. And it is this. First of all, there are consequences for our adherence. There are positive and negative consequences. If you are listening to the voice of wisdom, there are positive consequences. Good things are going to come out of that. Not everything's going to be perfect, but you are going to get the good things that God wills for your life. Amen? 
But if you are adhering to the voice of folly, there are consequences for that as well. The second thing that I want you to keep in mind is that the voice that we heed has our heart and has our affection. So if I'm listening to the voice of folly, that is where my heart is. That is where my affection is. I'll say it like this. That is where your worship is. That is where your idolatry is at if you are listening to the voice of folly. And let me flip this around because you can be a person that likes knowledge and likes to, you're a real thinker and a real intellectual type person. And I will tell you this, wisdom in and of itself can become an idol for you as well. And that's the reason why I said last week the most important thing for me is that you understand this is not just a cry for you to live out practically the wisdom of God. This is a cry for you to turn your life to Jesus if you are not saved. And this is a cry for you to put greater faith in Jesus if you are. The voice of wisdom will always lead us to bring glory to Jesus. Say that with me. The voice of wisdom will always lead us to bring glory to Jesus. It will always lead us to bring glory and honor to Jesus. And so the beauty of walking in wisdom, even when we don't see the outcomes that we desire or that we think that we should see, is that we can guarantee that we will always do what? Bring glory and honor to Jesus. And so the first thing we'll talk about is this. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The consequences of being the guest in the house of folly. Say this, the consequences of being the guest in the house of folly. And so we read this first. Let's look, let's look at this verse together um, in verse 13 and to verse 18. It says, a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. So folly makes it, makes a whole bunch of noise, sound like she knows something, but really she doesn't. And ladies, I just want to say, you know, I don't know why they use, you know, foolishness and they use a the feminine, but I want to get, encourage you. They also use the feminine to talk about wisdom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So don't, do, you know, they say you got both. You can be foolish or wise. Hallelujah. And that's just across the board. But the foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple. She knows nothing, but she's going to try to give people counsel. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the high places of the city to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. In another translation, it talks about those who are on a straight path. And so ultimately what I want you to get is that the voice of folly is crying out loudly for all of us who are trying to walk right with Jesus. It's not like that voice gets any softer. It's not like that voice stops crying out to you. That voice continues to cry out. That voice continues to communicate. That voice continues to try to get your attention and to get you off the straight and narrow, to get you to turn to another direction. Whoever is simple is what she says. Let him turn in here. You'll notice that wisdom says the same thing. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Now, if we can just pause for a moment, when you look prior in like chapter 5 or something like that, that scripture there is dealing specifically with adultery or it talks about marriage. And it talks about you drinking water from your own cistern, right, from your own well. And what that is talking about in context, it is, it is giving a picture of what marriage is like. And when you are married, and when I say married, I do not mean living together. For 15, 20, 30 years. That does not make you married. I, I, I need to clarify that, okay? Because in our day and age, people just shack up. That's just how it is, okay? But here's what I want you to get. When you are married in covenant with God, the reason why this is important, and I share this with my couples when I do premarital counseling. When you are in covenant with God, what you have said is, I am committing to God to live a life that brings glory and honor to him within the context of this marriage. Are you with me? You're not just saying, yeah, we're going to hook up until this thing don't work out. 
When I make a covenant, I say no matter what, come hell and high water, we're going to get through this thing. That, 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 that's where the difference is. It is a strings attached, hearts attached, everything's attached, glory to God. So when, when, when you're married and in marriage, what it says is that you are drinking water from your own well, right? From your own cistern. It's talking about sexual intercourse in that context. And so look what the voice of folly says. The voice of folly say, it, 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 it says, it says here, stolen water is sweet, baby. That's what she's saying. She's saying, come on, just hook up. It's sweet. Is that not what our world system says? It's sweet. Just come on. Just, you you, you want to do it. You know, he's hot. She's hot. Let's do it. Let's make it right. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. But you're in violation to the laws of God. So he says here, first of all, so, so that, that's the picture, right? Stolen water is sweet, so you'll learn, no, nah, that, that's, that, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Just, but but what, 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 is, what is this voice saying? Man, just take the easy way. Don't pay the price for this. Don't make the commitments that are necessary. That's, and, and listen, I want to take this outside of marriage for a moment because I want you to realize the next verse brings us nece- not necessarily inside marriage. takes it outside of marriage. It said, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. When you cross-reference that, it talks about bread as being something that is sustenance, it's something of provision. And what it's pointing to is it's talking about getting something the way you shouldn't have gotten it in general. And so the point is, this is not just a beatdown on people who are not, you know, married, that are having sex, all that kind of stuff. This is a rebuke to anyone who is participating in things they shouldn't be participating in. A person who's partaking of things they shouldn't be. A person who's doing that, that is what the voice of folly communicates and says, listen, this is the way that you do this. This is, this is how you can do this. This is how you should enjoy life is what that voice wants you to understand and communicate. Verse 18 says something very clear. And this is where we look at the consequences of dwelling in the house of folly or being the guest of, of, of folly. It is this, but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. So what is this saying? This is saying that if I obey the voice of folly rather than the voice of wisdom, that I am in danger of what? Of hell. The book of Proverbs communicates that. I'm going to give you two more scriptures because I don't want to scare you to death, but I hope that I do scare you to repentance. (laughs) Hallelujah. Turn to chapter 1, verse 24 through 32. I want you to read with me, and I want you to see some of the consequences here for listening to the voice of folly rather than the voice of wisdom. And we'll just start in verse 20 so we can get some good context. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. Verse 22 is where I want us to pick up. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will part my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called you. Now here's the consequence. Because I have called you and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. But it gets worse. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge. If you underline any part, underline that. 
Because everybody would get all messed up about the other stuff. Well, God is mocking me. Yes, he is. God is not responding when I call diligently. No, he's not. But it is because you hated knowledge prior to all of this. It is not because he is an unjust, unloving, or, mercy, or, or, or unmerciful God. It is because you were rebellious, because you were hard-hearted, and because now you're desperate. You didn't want to hear the cry of wisdom, and now you want to come to God so he can fix everything up for you. Verse 30 says, or verse 29, the other half of it says, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. We'll deal with that next week. They would have none of my counsel. They didn't want, they didn't want to hear nothing wisdom had to say because what? Stolen water sweet, man. That's why. I'm good right where I'm at. I'm having a good time in what I'm doing. I don't, need, I don't need wisdom. Everything is good. And yet, wisdom cries out to you when everything is good saying, hey, it ain't always going to be like that. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. This is talking about reaping what you sow. And be filled to the full with their own fancies. Oh, you wanted all that? You're going to eat that. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. That's a pretty tough consequence, don't you think? Let's turn to one more place. Chapter 15 and verse 10. Proverbs 15 and verse 10. This is just like straight to the point. Say so if you got it. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. That's pretty, that's pretty clear, right? Harsh discipline, that means a beatdown. Right? That means like prison. That means things like that. Harsh discipline. Harsh discipline. Experiences in life that are unnecessary, that God doesn't will for you. Harsh discipline. And what? And death. So you got warned about hell. You got warned about crying out for wisdom, not being able to find it. You, I mean, you, those are some serious warnings for someone who doesn't do this. Here's the thing you got to get. Folly invites you to dine in and enjoy a great meal and have a great time, yet leaves you with the bill. They don't tell you you're going to have to pay for this. I say, come on, don't you smell that? Come on, come on, come on in here. This is going to be a good time. You're going to enjoy yourself. This is going to be a night you will never forget. Yeah, you're right. You ain't ever going to forget this one. That's what it says. That's what folly is communicating. Come and get it now. In the end, you will be full to some degree, yet you will be unsatisfied. Above all, the momentary pleasure that you experience by listening to the voice of folly will by no means be worth the lasting and potentially eternal consequences. Here's the thing I want you to get. We can go through this life and we can experience hardship and we can experience things and Jesus will walk through us through them. We can repent of our sin and he will walk through us through those, through those times. But here is something that you got to get is that most people, please listen to me. Read your Bible on this. Most people are going to reject the call of salvation. Hear me. Most people are going to say no to Jesus. My prayer is that the people sitting in here, that you will not be most people. That you will respond to Jesus with all of your heart and not hold anything back. That you will turn from sin if you don't know him. And if you do know him, continue in this path of righteousness. This is the truth. 
See, the thing is, I don't want you to just be afraid of the bad stuff that's going to happen in this earth. I want you to think about beyond this life. Because listening to the voice of folly puts you in potential danger of hell. Listen, I don't want that for you, but more than me, Jesus does not want that for you. I want you to notice something. Last week I told you about the carnal, worldly, and demonic wisdom. And here's what I want you to get. There's two types of wisdom. That's what I said last week. There is the wisdom, and it's really folly, and it is the wisdom that is carnal. Remember, the earthly, the natural, and the demonic. It's carnal. It's, it, it caters to your flesh. It is earthly. It is, it is derived from this world system, and it is demonic wisdom of our day. What I want you to understand about that wisdom is that that wisdom is not nonsense in many areas. It is, it, it, it is a, a type of wisdom that is well thought out, in many cases very intellectual, and in part, it's moral. Nonetheless, it is not divine, and it will lead you to a choice between the wisdom of God and that of this world. Understand something. That voice of folly is crying out so loud, and the reason why it cries out so loud is because it's thought about its argument well. Can I, can I, can I just touch a nerve? I know I touched a few already. But since we're already there in that area, let's just touch it anyway, glory to God. I'm going to give you one of the voices that cries out big time in our day, especially during this time of politics, right? Hallelujah. I know you were like, I thought I didn't have to hear no more politics. I'm not near Facebook right now because it's all over the place, glory to listen. I'm not going to talk about politics. I want to talk to you about one issue. Two main issues that Christians debate. One of them is homosexual marriage. The other one is abortion. I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a moment. And I, and, and, and I, and I know I'm not, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are some of you in here that are pro-choice and some of you in here that are pro-life. That's your choice, pun intended, okay? Now listen, that's your choice. It, it, it is your choice. That, that is the argument. But here's what I want you to get. I had this conversation the other day. And I didn't know this, and this is why I want to share this with you. And this is extremely, extremely graphic. Somebody had, had, had a conversation, they were, they were talking about abortion, and what they said was, if you change the abortion laws that are present today, then there will be no dignity for babies. Now, I don't understand how you could equate abortion and dignity with babies in any same sentence, but it was there. But it sounds right, you know, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to be, be dignified to the murder of babies. So we're going to have laws, and the argument was, you know, because even with the present laws, you still find babies in garbage cans and different things like that. I said, okay. So somebody else having a conversation with me, and they said, and, and they, 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 were, they were in the conversation, they said, do you know what a partial birth abortion is? And, I, and not, they weren't talking to me, they were talking to someone else, and I, I, I was like, I had, a, I had an idea. When they explained it to me, I wanted to vomit, and I almost started crying, but it was two other guys, and I had to control myself. Um... <laughs> If it had been Pastor Rod, we would have cried together, but it wasn't. So the other guys, they were all like matter of fact about it. I was like, yeah, I got to go inside and go to the bathroom real quick. But this is what he explained to me. Explained, he explained to us, he said, what they do is the doctor goes into the woman, makes sure the baby is breached, pulls the baby's legs out, leaves the baby's head inside of the woman. That's why it's called partial birth. If the baby comes out totally, that's murder. As long as a part of the baby remains inside of the mother, it's partial birth. And then they go and they cut something in the neck of the baby to make sure the baby is dead, and then they pull the baby out. Now, for those of you that are pro-choice, that's what you support. I know you want to say, but I believe a woman has a right. 
What about that baby? What about that baby? See, but here's the thing. The voice of folly has your ear all day. And that's why you feel like that's cool. A woman needs, really? The point is, I understand because I know that that part of you is wants to argue and, 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 and reject. I, I understand there's people that are raped. I understand that there are situations. I understand that. But can I tell you something? Here is where we miss it as well. See, that's one way that the church misses it. Can I tell you the other way? The other way the church misses it is for the young woman that decides to have an abortion, we don't show her love, we show her condemnation. That's the other place where we miss it. That's the other voice of folly that's yelling loud, say, condemn her, she's a murderer. Listen, she sinned. Now we need to bring restoration to her life. For those of you that may know someone that has been through that, I will say this to close that point. My wife and I, we were watching that movie, October Baby. How many of y'all have seen that movie? If you haven't seen that movie, women, you'll love it. Men, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a good movie. I, 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 I did think it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. But what I want you to do is, especially if you know anyone who's ever had an abortion, watch the movie, but when the movie's over, watch the interview at the end. Because it's one to bring healing to women who have done that and made a bad decision, but understand that Jesus is able to heal. But the point of the matter is, we have to think about the voices that we're listening to and make sure that we are listening to the voice of what? The voice of wisdom. Amen? Number two, say this with me. The benefits of being the guest in the house of wisdom. Turn back to chapter 9 if you're not there, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. Verse 1 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. <clears throat> she has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of righteousness. And so notice first, who is this invitation to here? The invitation is to those who are simple, and that word would mean those who are naive, those who are ignorant, those who are uneducated. But there is another word that I found interesting when I was looking up the, the actual word in the, in, in the original, and it is the word open-minded. Say open-minded. When, when you are ignorant about something, you should be open-minded to hear. Let me help you to understand something, though. With anything that you are open-minded to, you need to make sure if you call yourself a Christian that the Word of God is the filter to anything that is coming into your mind. Whatever book they tell you to read, run it through the Scriptures. Whatever position and, and whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, it, whatever it is, you need to do what? You need to look at these Scriptures to make sure that the Scriptures align with whatever you're being told. That's what needs to happen. But what he's crying out to, he's crying out to those who are open-minded, Christians. Let me say this to you. Let me liberate you right now. You do not need to be narrow-minded. You, you can be open-minded. Just don't be subjective to everything. There's a difference. 
Don't be like, I'm going to just be open to everything. Hold on a second. Listen to everyone's story. Listen to everyone's position. Pastor Chad shared a conversation that a young man was having trying to witness to a friend of his. It was amazing for me. He didn't come, the young man who was trying to witness, he didn't come off like, you know, trying to punch this guy in the face. He was simply communicating, asking questions, letting him communicate. And then he came back with scripture and was like, but doesn't the Bible say this? Doesn't this? He wasn't trying to beat him up. That's what we need to be like, church. Here's the most important thing. I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a moment. Jesus is in the wilderness. Y'all remember that story, right? He gets baptized. He goes into the wilderness. I want you to think about this for a moment. Now, let me, let me preface this. I'm not telling you have conversations with the devil. Did you hear what I'm saying? If, you, if you're hearing spirits, look, we need to pray in, in Jesus' name. Amen? And then there's no need to engage. But what I want you to hear is Jesus in the wilderness. I want you to see this. He's in the wilderness, and as he's in the wilderness, Satan comes, and he's talking to him. Does Jesus go like this? I don't hear you, la, 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 Jesus. That, that isn't what he did, right? He, he listens to what he says, and what does he do? He responds with the scriptures. He doesn't say, hold on a second, I need to go and get my concordance. Hold on a second, I need to Google that. That isn't what he says. He says, the scripture says, and then he comes with something else. The scripture says, that is how we as children of God are supposed to be. That is what wisdom is crying out for us to do, is to be what? Students of the word, to be open to the spirit of God, to be devoted to the scriptures, to diligently seek him. And when someone comes and talks to you, you know why I tell you you have to listen to people? Because if you don't listen to anyone, you will never be able to witness to them. Because if you're not going to hear someone, they ain't trying to hear you. If you're just shutting them down at every, at, at every cut, everywhere, they, 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 you, your witness is going to be ineffective. But if you hear someone talk, don't be so afraid. You should know the scriptures and you'll be able to deal with that. Amen? And so he says this. He's calling to the naive. Now, what I want you to notice is this, is that he is calling to those who are simple, those who are naive. And what it means is those who are humble enough to receive the instruction and the benefits of wisdom. Again, he gives us this picture because wisdom is cried out in all of these places. And then he does what? Sends out his maidens, right? That, that, that's what she does. She sends out her servants. So you know what that shows us again? Once again, it shows us God as a missional God. Because what does God do? He doesn't just hang out in front of his doorway saying, come on up in here. That isn't what he does. He doesn't expect everyone to show up in the church. What he does is he sends out his servants to do what? To go and call those who need to hear the gospel. That sounds like us, doesn't it? Sounds like that's our job. But I want you to notice the two people who he's not calling in this conversation in chapter 9. See, in the other chapters, in chapter 1, he dealt with the foolish people. And he also dealt with the scorners or the scoffers. But here's what you got to get. The, sco the scoffers, why is he not calling them? Because they just mock and reject wisdom because they are smarter, they are better informed, they are more highly educated, they have lived longer. You know those people. They know it all. They've been there, they've done that. They bought the shirt, it's wrinkled, faded, right? They, they, you know, they had, they, they're, they're ordering a new one, you know, because it's vintage, but... The point is, that's what a scoffer is. They've, they, they've been there. They tried religion. They tried church. They, they've done that already. Okay? And what is the fool? The fool is different than the scoffer. See, the scoffer makes jokes, makes light of. The fool, he just says, I'm good right where I'm at. 
He's not open to change. He hasn't been there, done that, but he wants to live his life. And he wants to do it his way. And so those people are not even invited to come into this meal at this point. Dangerous place to be. We see here the blessings of wisdom that we're going to be able to get this instruction, right? I want you to look with me through more scripture because I want you to see the benefits of wisdom. I really want you to see that. I don't want you to just be afraid of the detriments of folly, but I want you to be blessed by the benefits. So look at Proverbs 1.33. We're going to go through about four or five scriptures, so have your Bible handy there. Proverbs 1.33, it says this. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely. Say safely. And he and will be secure. Say secure. Say without fear of evil. How many of y'all want to be that? You want to, we want to dwell safely. You want to be secure. You want to not fear evil. Well, if you follow wisdom, then those are the benefits. That's one of them. Turn and look at chapter 2. You're right there already. Let's look at verse 10 there. It says this, it says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Say, preserve you. Preserve. Understanding will keep you. Say, keep you. Preserve. To deliver you. Say, deliver you. Preserve. From the evil way, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the path of unrighteousness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her lips, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the, to the dead. None who go there return, nor do they re regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the way of goodness. Say, walk in the way of goodness. And keep to the path of righteousness. Say, keep to the path of righteousness. For the upright will dwell in the land. Say, dwell in the land. And the blameless will remain in it. Say, remain in it. And so we see the benefits here, right? There's some benefits that we're going to be secure. We're going to have this safety. We're going to dwell in the land. We're going to experience some good things. Turn to chapter 3 now. Look at verse 13 to verse 26. It says this. It says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days. How many of y'all want length of days? is in her right hand and her left hand riches in honor how many of y'all want riches in honor uh -huh, only a couple of you okay so her, her, her ways are I want riches in honor Jesus give it all to me they don't want it I'll take it hallelujah um, her ways are ways of, of pleasantness and all her paths are peace she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. We read this last week, right? By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. That sounds like stuff that I want. Go to chapter 19 and verse 18. I'm sorry, verse 8. It says this, it says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. How many of y'all want to find good? Look at chapter 21 and verse 22. 
love this verse. It says, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted strongholds. I love that verse because it's encouragement to all of us who are facing difficult things who are facing impossible situations. It says that a wise man is able to overcome these walls of this strong city that are fortified. You know, in in the days when these scriptures are written, the cities had these walls. Y'all have seen some of those movies like Troy and stuff like that. They had these walls that were fortified so armies couldn't penetrate them. And what he says here is that a wise man will do what? Will scale those walls, will jump those walls and get in there to get what is good inside of there. That's what he's saying, that there is conquering for those who walk according to the wisdom of God. The last verse I have you turn to for the benefits of wisdom in chapter 24 verses 3 through 4 it says this it says through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established by knowledge the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches how many of y'all want that in your lives Here's the bottom line. The path of wisdom is not always comfortable. It is not always popular or politically correct, yet it always brings glory to Jesus. Amen? It always offers security and benefit to those who who, who walk according to it and choose it. But here's what I want you to get, because in chapter 9 it said this. It said to turn away from simplicity or foolishness, because not only does the path of wisdom give us security and give us all these other things, but the path of wisdom also calls us to repentance and not just repentance once but continual repentance this is the problem in the church is that we think and that's the reason why we think he needs the gospel she needs the gospel because I already did it no if you already did it you have issues Because we must continually repent of sin. We must continually confess. We must continually acknowledge. We must continually grow in the grace and knowledge of who Jesus is. Those are the benefits of wisdom and the the detriment of being a guest in the house of folly. And so the third thing and the last thing that we'll deal with is this. It is the difficulty of making the right choice. Say, to make the right choice is difficult. Every one of us, I said this last week and I'll repeat it again. Every one of us is prone to act foolishly at times. Say amen to that. All of us. We act like we're good right where we're at. You know, we don't don't need that counsel. Someone comes to us. Listen, we can be in the most spiritual moment. Someone comes to bring, you know, some correction to us that we don't want to hear at that moment. We're foolish. Seriously. And I'm in my word, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard people, I've heard people um, have, have conversations when, when I used to work in, in, in the church environment as a security officer. And I remember I having a conversation with people and, and they must think that this is like a spiritual statement, right? They say, you know, when people come to me to give me prophetic word, I say, listen, I have a relationship with Jesus. If he wants to talk to me, he can talk to me directly. I'm like, okay. So I, 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 I won't share anything God tells me about you. I'm like, I have a relationship with Jesus too, but the Bible says there's safety and counsel. I'm just saying. And I understand, you know, the part of it is that, you know, some people always got a prophetic word for you. It's like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I, I, I got that, okay? I, I got that. I understand that. But the point of the matter is that we need to have balance in our lives. Sometimes Jesus wants to talk to us through people that we don't necessarily want to hear him from. Like sometimes we don't want to hear Jesus talk to us through our children. Most of the time, as, as children, we don't want Jesus to talk to us through our parents. Hello, somebody. We don't. Here's the point. The point is, God is going to use whoever he wants to use. 
we need to be those who understand we're all prone to acting foolish. Most of us, I'm not going to say all of us, I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt, two of you. Those are the babies in the room. Um, most of us scoff at or mock counsel, the counsel of wisdom, whether publicly or privately. Right? I've had people hear me preach messages, and this is what they'll say when they leave. They're older than me. None of you are here, so I'm not talking about you. I go, Bishop will understand when he gets there. Once he gets a little older, he'll understand. Really? So I need to be older to understand the Bible. Really? Listen, I don't know everything, but I know black and white, glory to God. I know this is what the scriptures teach, right? And so, and so again, I haven't arrived. I don't have all the wisdom and knowledge in the world. I'm still crying out. I'm still saying, God, forgive me for my ignorance and all of that. But the point is, we all, we, we all mock sometimes. You know, we hear something that someone says, say, oh, yeah, right. Right? Most of us. Not all of us. Again, there's two of us in here that don't, but most of us. Some of us. Some of us, I know some of you have lived all, you know, and you got it all together. But some of us are simply naive in areas. Ignorant, we're untaught. And we really desire to grow in wisdom. But can I tell you something? By nature, by nature, we are opposed to walking in God's wisdom because our sinful flesh desires immediate and unlimited gratification. See, a lot of times the wisdom of God says, wait. I don't want to hear that. A lot of times the wisdom of God says, not him. Not her. Look, Pastor Robert, is, I'll, use, I'll use myself because I know I don't, I don't want to talk about nobody. I'll talk about me. I remember when, when the first time Pastor Robert and I ever spoke, I was... I was 17, 18 years old, something like that. And we had spoken, but I mean like had a real conversation, not just the general, hey, God bless you, you know, whatever. I had a dream with him. And I won't get into the details of the dream and, and because it really doesn't matter. It'll take too long. But I come to him. We're, we're in a fellowship hall, and I walk up to him like, hey, man. I'm like, I had this dream with you last night. And he's like, really? So, you know, he wasn't like, well, if God wants to speak to me, he didn't do that to me, right? <laughs> Thank God for that because God wanted to speak to me. So I tell him this dream, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the, big, the big point of my whole dream. It was regarding a girl that I liked. And Pastor Robert says to me, he says, look, man, and, and he didn't even know the girl. He didn't know nothing. And this is all he said to me. He said, you know, when you haven't tasted candy, you don't really want it. You don't have a real desire for it. And he said, that girl might not be the one for you. The devil is a liar. I get behind me, Satan. I said, thus says the Lord. <laughs> I don't want to hear what he was saying. I, I probably just looked at him and was like, yeah, okay, sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate that interpretation there. Let me, let me go. Let me, let me go eat some chicken or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> the point of the matter was, I don't want to hear wisdom. But if I wouldn't have heard wisdom, I would have never ended up with this beautiful woman. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that's good. When you got the pulpit, you can do that stuff, right? <laughs> so, again, if I wouldn't have listened to wisdom, I would have missed out on God's best for my life, right? But I listened to wisdom, not because I wanted to. I was mocking wisdom. I, I didn't want to hear that. By nature, by nature, we are opposed to that. 
We want the immediate gratification. We want what we want. Therefore, what is the greatest difficulty that we have in responding affirmatively to wisdom? Our flesh. Our flesh is the greatest hindrance that we have. I want you to turn to one last scripture here, and it is Proverbs chapter 30, chapter, 20, cha chapter 30, and we're going to look at verses 24 to verse 28. 30, Proverbs 30, chapter, 20, chapter 30, verse 24 to 28. It says this. It says, There are four things which are little on earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badger are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. And the spider skillfully grasps with his hands, and it is in king's palaces. All of these creatures are examples of following the wisdom that God gives. Every one of these creatures, the ants, the locusts, all of them, Ants, you know, they're not, they're, they're not big, strong, but you know what they do? They store up their food. And I know we see movies, you know, like ants, you know, like one ant wants to go and rebel and be a wasp. Or I don't know. You know he, I don't want to be an ant anymore. I want to do something else. Listen, the ants know you leave the pack, guess what? You're dying. They know that. It's, it, it's, it's a done deal. You, you could be in the pack and still die if you go into someone's house through a crack. You know what I'm saying? Because I know some of y'all grew up in houses and you saw them little ants, right? They just, they just walk. And you watch them like, where on earth are they going? Like, you watching them walk up the wall? And... But the point is, they, 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 they're not leaving. They're, they're, they're going to stay. They're, they're, they're going to make sure that during the wintertime, they're going to make sure that they can eat. Why is that? Because of the wisdom God has given them. The rock badgers, I'm not even sure what a rock badger is, but here's the point. The point is, he's weak. He can't protect himself. You know what he does? He hides among the rocks. Why? Because the wisdom of God says, I can't defend myself, but he's given me something else that will defend you. Hide there. The big animal, the big bear, he can't move that rock, so you're going to be okay. That's what he tells them. The locusts, they're not all by themselves. They're in ranks doing their thing. Do they have a king leading them saying, hey, you be right now? No, they just know because of what? The wisdom of God. How many of y'all love spiders? No one in here loves spiders. Y'all want to kill spiders. But you know where spiders are? In king's palaces. They're, they're, they're in the best places, all right? They, that's where they're at. They're there. Why? God's wisdom. God's wisdom. They don't reject the wisdom God is giving them. We do. They experience the benefit of the wisdom of God. We do not because we reject it because we want to do it our way or we want to listen to the voice of folly rather than the voice of wisdom. The reason why the writer puts this example in here is so that we can see, man, these guys, their, their brain is not half the size of ours. They don't have half the education we do, yet they experience the benefit of God's wisdom because they follow it without question. Let me say it like this. All of our decisions are influenced and informed by the loudest voices in our lives. Did you hear me? The decisions we make, they are informed, they're influenced by the loudest voices in our lives. But here is the reality. You and I, we're the ones that control the volume of those voices. We determine who has our ear. We determine who we're listening to. We determine that. It's, it's up to us 
to decide what voice is going to have the greatest volume in my life. What voice am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to wisdom or am I going to listen to folly? That's the question. And so here's, here, here's my closing question for you. Whose guest are you? Or whose guest have you been? Whose guest are you? Maybe today you are living to be the guest of wisdom. And that's awesome. But maybe you're not. Maybe in truth, you're a guest to folly. Or even worse, maybe you were a guest to folly and you're still living with that stuff hanging over your head today. See, here is the beauty of this. The voice of wisdom, as we pointed out last week, that is the voice of Jesus calling you. That is the voice of the Savior who is calling you and he's saying, look, I died in your place for all of your foolishness. I died in your place for all of your sin. I died in your place so that way anything that has happened against you, anything that you have done wrong, I can forgive you of. I can give you the ability to forgive. I can give you the wisdom that is needed to deal with whatever it is that you're facing. I can do that. That is the voice of wisdom calling out to you. The voice of folly says, I hope he finishes so I can go home. Seriously. I hope he'll hurry up and wrap this thing up. I hope he doesn't do an altar call today because I really want to go. Here's the thing. Which voice are you listening to? Which voice are you listening to? Who are you the guest of? Stand to your feet and let's bow your heads, please. Now, I am going to open this altar up, and I do want you to come forward if you need prayer. If you need prayer, the pastors will pray for you. The leaders will pray for you. Because this is an opportunity for you to be ministered to. Maybe you have been a guest of folly for a long time. Maybe you've been listening to ungodly counsel. Maybe you've been obeying the ungodly counsels of your own heart. Maybe you hear Jesus calling you to repent of your sin and he's saying, turn from your sin, put your faith in me.